Hi, and welcome to Intuitive Journey with Desiree. I am Desiree Holmes-Sharini, your host. And today I have the delight of interviewing someone I really admire, and that is Linda Thunberg. And she is, well, just kind of multifaceted. She is a certified master transpersonal hypnotherapist. She is also certified in other areas as well as addictions, uh, life between lives, and more. She's the CEO of NATH, which is the National Association of Transpersonal Hypnotherapists, and uh, she's a member of many organizations. She's also a Delphi University certified medium, a certified life coach, an ordained minister, and um, as we talk, you're going to learn more about her and all that she is. And I want to say, welcome, Linda. Good afternoon, Desiree. It's nice so to nice to be here. It's really nice to get set up. And, and as happens with these things is like we, we spent some time troubleshooting. So we did get to manage our stress over just getting this going. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Mercury retrograde is supposed to be sitting still today, I think, right? So, I think. I think it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to that stuff until I have issues. And then I'm like, oh. but it is a new moon. So, um, it, of course, people watching this, it, this will be passed right now. We're recording on November. Is this the 26th? I think. Yeah. Yes. 26th of um, 2019. Uh, and today's a new moon. So I need to, after this, go start manifesting for no more computer issues, <laughs> you know, just better better things growing anyway so Linda um, let's start with how you got into hypnosis how you how you your journey into this area started well um, I guess most people would say I'm very left brain right brain almost even oh. I actually worked in the stock market for 15 years and then I went back to school and I became an interior designer for 15 years. <laughs> and when the housing market dropped in 2007, 2008, my friend said, you're always talking about the subconscious and manifestation and you teach um, prosperity classes. Have you ever thought about hypnosis and hypnotherapy? Or you need to put your shingle out for a medium because you're so connected. And in two weeks, I was in Dr. Chip's class at the Edgar Casey um, ARE, and that's what started this journey. So it's been well, great. You're <laughs> like, yeah, great idea. Follow your intuition, which is, um, since the show's Intuitive Journey with Desiree, I'm always asking people about their intuition. So how, it sounds like you're on the 15-15-15 plan, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I'm done. I've decided I've hit my mark and I'm good. So I don't know. How many years do you go to, have to hit that 15 again? It's, you know? it's been about 10. So. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll be watching. <laughs> We're good. We're good. So with intuition, you, you know, how much of, how, how did you know it was the right thing to do? How did you, do you have a feeling? Do you get a sensation? Do you just not think about it? How, how have you formed your ideas or plans around making those changes? What sort of, what part did intuition play in that for you? And is it identifiable? I trust the messages I'm getting. Um, when there was a availability in Dr. Chip's class, and my friend had said, you know, have you ever thought about this? He was the first one I looked up. He had availability. And when I read it, I just knew that I was supposed to be in that class. Were you already a member of the ARE? 
Yeah, um, no, I was not. I was not. So it opened that whole door too. But I have followed my intuition um, in careers, in life, in guiding others as well, in teaching intuition as well. So it is a matter of do you hear it? Do you see it? I'm a clairvoyant, so I do see things. Um, Or do you hear it or do you just feel it? Or do you just know it, like you said? I agree. And sometimes it's a combination of those things. Sometimes Um, all of them, right? Exactly. I call it my truth serum when um, I get tingles from the top of my head all the way down to my heels, all the way down my back. And I know that is the truth, not my head, not my wishes, but the truth. Or that's your nudging to be able to to move forward. That's great to be able to have uh, an actual physical you know, truth serum like that, because so many of us doubt ourselves and it's like, I don't know. And then people give you all this information because that's, that's been my focus too, is to help people learn how to trust themselves and find that physical answer. Sometimes that uh, whole thing. I have to share though, that um, my journey to uh, NAF is rather similar and I'll make it real short here, but I um, had the money and I, I, didn't have the time for a portrait painting workshop that I would normally take. And I had saved up the money, but I I couldn't go during the window of that time. And I'd been doing it for like five years. And I was a member of the ARE and I got the card from ARE saying they were having a certification for hypnosis. And it had been um, years since I'd worked in that area. That was my origin. And I thought, Oh, it would be nice to get back into the helping field that's interesting and it happened to fall exactly when I did have the time oh, so so. I think we're all you know we were definitely led to Alan and D and the and uh, Nath at, for training and because it, it really did shift my life it really did so I yeah. always like I always like those synchronicity stories you know somebody says why don't you and you go yeah why don't I <laughs> exactly exactly it does sound like you did much the same thing and then you just know that it's right yeah you can feel it you just know it um mm-hmm. and you don't look back so right it's that whole doubting yourself thing that gets in the way and mm-hmm. stops people so i think the easiest way to um help students trust their intuition it sounds so silly in some ways but it's not if you literally write down your quote hits Um, so if you know who's on the other end of the phone without looking at it, you write it down. If you know that, you know, you're going to have a really good client that day and things are going to work out perfectly. And it did, you write that down and you end up with this list and you go, wow, I was right about those things. And it helps you trust your intuition more, if that makes any sense. I like that idea. That's great. I'm going to start doing that because I don't usually write things down. I just experience them, um, but I don't really have a, you know, a, a way to check back. Right. So, it's like having a journal of your intuitiveness that you can go, oh, yeah, look at this. It's in writing. I was actually right on those things. And it helps you literally trust yourself more. I know so. that for me, and I was saying this recently on another podcast, talking about the pros and cons, trying to make a decision and making the list. And then, you know, but then I realized things aren't equally weighted. And sometimes there's something on the pros. Like I have one pro and 10 cons, right? Uh-huh. That's a good idea. And even if I try to go through all this mental thinking, rational 
decision making, you know, sometimes I just go, oh, forget, I'm just going to do it because it feels right. You know, because this is the right way. And, um, and I'm, I'm never sorry I did, you know, it's always, it's always pays off. Uh, So in that area, you're also, you teach intuition, you're a medium. Uh, When did you discover that you had uh, an open window, maybe more than other people? We all have it, but you... Oh, I believe we all have it. It's just a matter... Run from it. (laughs) How much do you believe it? How much is your um, path in this lifetime to have it open? I believe that it's also part of your soul path if you're supposed to have it how much you're supposed to have open. Um, I can remember being seven year old, seven years old when my grandmother died and we were at the funeral home at a Byzantine Catholic funeral home. And um, my aunt was up at the casket and she said to me, come and say goodbye to your grandmother. You're never going to see her again. And I said, why not? She's right up there. And I saw her above her casket. Well, my family being pretty religious. Um, I wasn't invited to the funeral the next day. I got to go to school with my cousin. Um, and, and I never understood why. Um, fast forward 50 years later, not to say my age, I'm really not 50. Um, but uh, same aunt, I said to her, where did this intuition stuff come from? And she said, you mean you don't know? And I said, no, I don't know. And she said, it was your grandmother. Your grandmother had intuitive abilities. She would know when people were going to pass, when people were going to have births, what they were going to have. And um, we didn't talk about it except in the wee hours of the morning. They would all be around the dining room table, right? Um, but same aunt, same grandmother 50 years later. Wow. It's pretty Yeah. And I think it does run in families too, doesn't it? Like so many things do. It's uh, and my mom was psychic, and um, and as you know, I was been talking to you about it. That just in this last year, I started to have things come in um, even before her death. Then she died in July, and um, it really just seems like this window has opened up. Like maybe she said, "Okay, I'm going," but here you take this. <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, and I, I think it's really. Uh, it's interesting. It's fascinating. And, uh, in that area, again, with the synchronicity and timeliness of, um, having these experiences talking to my mom, then I have to tell the audience that Linda was one of my instructors just recently in life between lives. And that's a spiritual regression hypnosis, right? So why don't you describe to people what that is and the benefits and how that all works? Well, life between lives, I think, answers the questions that we all ask about why am I here? Why did I come here to learn the lessons that I seem to be faced with all the time? Um, why am I in the body that I'm in or the body shape, you know, whatever it is, it can answer those questions for us. What we do is we take you back into regression. So going back into your childhood and then we go back into the womb. And yes, people can actually feel being in the womb of their mother. They can hear things. They can feel what it's like. They can hear her heartbeat. They can actually sometimes even feel her feelings um, or hear their father outside of the, the womb. Um, and then we take you back to a 
past life, your most recent past life usually, um, and you go through that experience, and perhaps it has something to do with this lifetime as well, and then we take you to where you went when you passed from that life. So uh, a death experience and into the white light usually, um, meeting your soul group, meeting people like your mother who have passed on or my grandmother, whatever. And then also um, eventually going to perhaps schools, they call them schools um, of, you know, maybe it's the Akashic Records. Maybe it is a healing place that you go to afterwards for a brief period of time. And then we take you to your council or whatever you believe that higher being is, right? Mm -hmm. um, whatever your beliefs are, your spiritual beliefs. And you can actually, beforehand, we will ask you what questions do you want to have answered? What do you want to ask? And we feed those questions to you. And you literally got some really cool answers out of that. Yeah. And then we bring you back. Perhaps you get some messages from your guides or um, your loved ones. It makes sense of so much stuff, your relationships in this lifetime, um, all kinds of things. It's really fascinating. It, the first one that Dee ever did with me, um, I went into being a shaman, and I really got some answers about why my older daughter's in relationship and mine is like it is. Um, I found out that we were actually husband and wife. So it was, and, and that's the kind of relationship that we have now. And so it just, it makes sense of things if you ask me. Right. But it's a fascinating journey. It really is. And of course, I got to experience it as well as practice it through this uh, training. And it was, um, it, it was enlightening. It was fascinating. It was, what I did appreciate about it is that even though I'd read about it, and I'm going to get to that in a second ago, read about what most people experienced. When I got there, I'm like, you know, in my hypnotic state, I was like, well, this is not what exactly what they say is supposed to happen, you know. And then I'm like, okay, I'll move on. I've got to move on. I can't just float here in the dark, which I was really liking. <laughs> you know. Uh -huh. um, but then when I saw my soul group, and I don't know if I told you about this, but when I saw my soul group, the first group I saw, they were more solid, like balls of mercury. And, mm -hmm. and, I'm, and then I realized, and I'm like, I kind of recognized people there. And then I said, wait a minute, all these people are alive. And so there were sep they were like separated by who was still on this plane. And then mm -hmm. the next area, they were light beings, and they were the ones who were passed on. So it was very interesting to have that experience of, it not being exactly white like it was, but still having the experience. So I know while well, I didn't just follow, you know, orders, you know. Right, but, exactly. Um, also, why don't you explain? Sometimes people are thinking, someone's listening to this and they've not, you know, keen on past lives or life between lives. I always like to add any evidential background. For example, near-death experiences have been explored and studied all across the world and a thing just came up in front of your face and we get rid of it <laughs> zoom was giving me an ad right in the middle of the <laughs> so um <laughs> and they um you know it's been shown that similar experiences with unrelated people and cultures 
across the world have a similar experience. So mm -hmm. would you share about Michael Newton and his studies about yeah. his, what he did to kind of validate that this is not just a single episode of imagination? Exactly. Well, I think him and Dolores Cannon both wrote, wrote books about different people and about different people um, having the same experiences as, as you're saying. Dolores Cannon said, how can you deny um, these past experiences or past lives when 3,000 people in different areas of the world come up with the same um, era, the same things happening at the same time? She right. said, you just can't deny that. And Michael Newton, of course, is famous for, he actually worked with Dr. Chips, um, which few people actually really know, um, to create the first certification class for Life Between Lives. Um, Michael Newton has a much more direct um, approach to Life Between Lives, whereas the math approach, the transpersonal hypnotherapy approach, is much more about being open-ended for the client. For example, it's okay for you to have your experience. That's what you individually either created or experienced, yes? So it doesn't have to be in these um, segments of you have to go here and go there, and if you don't, you're doing it wrong. There is no wrong in transpersonal hypnotherapy. You're being dead wrong. <laughs> exactly. And that's what to me is so fascinating about being a transpersonal hypnotherapist is I've probably done thousands of them by now, um, past lives and regressions and all of that. And I love working with people because it's a different experience every day. Mm -hmm. It's not just um, working at a desk nine to five, like in the stock market, doing the same thing after day after day. Right. It's fascinating to get into people's stories because it truly is about them and their individuality. And yet the collectiveness that comes together with that as well. Yeah. I um, Well, actually in, in Michael Newton's book, the life between lives uh, that's kind of more of a hypnosis a hypnotherapist guide, uh, exactly. but he does in his acknowledgement, thank Nath and, mm -hmm. um, and Alan. And okay. so it was, it's very uh, gratifying to get to get that certification from the original source mm -hmm. and, and, and it, appreciate how it's developed and gotten even better. Um, what was I going to say about past lives? Oh, one of the things I did get from going to my most recent past life and when I was going through the process in our certification was I'd always now felt like I must have lived in like the 40s, 30s, 40s. And I thought, well, I don't know that like that would have been, you know, I don't know, maybe too close to me being born or overlapping or something. But um, I mean, I was just born last year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um i just kind of like really felt that i've had other past life regressions but never went there so in this experience i did go to a past life and um and it was like in the 40s and i was like oh you know there i am and i died young i would you know that was a short life but it and i it explained though for example the other day i went to the play or the other day you know month ago, I went to the play Guys and Dolls with my dad and my sister. My dad is 95. Clearly, he lived in the 40s. And I knew all the songs. I knew the, I knew the movie. I knew the play. I know everything about it. And I'm like, 
how can you not? He says, I've never heard that song. I said, Dad, it's Guys and Dolls. <laughs> and he says, well, no, I've never seen this. I said, you've seen the movie. And I'm, I'm naming off the actors. Oh, my and, gosh. Amazing. And I knew all the words to the songs. And I'm like, I thought I knew it because of him. You know, mm -hmm. I thought he must have, well, right. as a kid, I must have seen it or he must have played the music. But, and, and he doesn't have Alzheimer's or anything. <laughs> he does no, remember you things. You actually remembered them. So always, your subconscious, you remembered them. I've always yeah. had an affinity for that sort of music. Mm -hmm. I've always had an affinity for um, that like dancing era. Uh, and so, and, and even, so I went, oh, maybe, you know, this finally, I, I, this finally kind of put me there. And of course it is my individual experience. People say, okay, you're imagining it. But for me, that was an answer. I finally understood why I seem to know things uh, or have an affinity for that era. So, exactly. It, it is, you know, that's just a more of the more lighthearted. Uh, yes, I, I think my most um, fascinating past life, Dr. Chips actually put me into it when he found out how clairvoyant I was and I was a designer. So I would um, really describe things that were happening in my hypnosis um, experience. And he put me in one and I had never been to, I've never been to, well, now I have, but I've never been to Rhode Island. Um, to Providence, and I started explaining to him that I was in Providence, Rhode Island, that my husband was a doctor, that my family, he had me pick up, Dr. Chips had me pick up a um, periodical in my husband's doctor's office that I was in, and he got the date, I told him the date, I told him my um, family owned the Providence Gazette, I told him my name, um, full name, everything and told them that they were building the big city of New York, and it was on the front page. It was fascinating. Wow. Fast forward probably, let's see, we probably went there maybe five years ago. Um, my ex-husband and I went to Providence, New York, um, Providence, Rhode Island. Yes, and we found um, her grave. We found the... Um, um, the plot and everything um, by, you know, the cemetery uh, maps. And my ex-husband, I had put in a past life. And, of course, he went to that same one, which is why you shouldn't really hypnotize <laughs> your family members. And he was upset with me because I had left him very early in that life. I had fallen downstairs, broken my neck, whatever. And we got to this cemetery, and he looks over at the curved cement wall that was still there this this stone wall and he goes that's where i had my heart attack and that's where i died and it because was at the that had come up for him in that past life experience. Yeah. yes so when you can literally get names and dates and then you go find that person on the internet or whatever yeah. it's fascinating when you don't know anything about it um so that was my experience that really really solidified my belief in it yeah. Um, and then since then, I've just had so many, I love to do hypnosis and regression and have it done on myself too. But. Yeah, it, it is. And, and since we have lived so many lives are, <laughs> as a soul, um, you know, there, it's a vast uh, library for us to explore. Uh, one of my favorite things to do as far as helping with relationships is to use the process to go back to a past life where you had a relationship with that person before and um, I did that with um, who is now my ex-husband 
And it was like, ah, oh, that, that's interesting. That kind of explains, you know, that explains this a little bit. Um, and it, 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 and I've done it with other people, but it was kind of like, huh, okay. I, I, that kind of sets the relate. There's a certain kind of relationship um, that you yeah. have with people where the dynamic of personality almost remains mm-hmm. the same. So you're not going to usually flip flop where one's the boss and one's not, you know, the, the, the energy of that being uh, and their, I guess the dynamic between you pretty much seems to stay the same life after life that you share. What do you think of that? Yes, I agree with that. And what's really fascinating is to do couples um, past lives Mm -hmm. because you can put two people in a past life to see when they have met before, or if they're trying to work out relationship problems, Mm -hmm. perhaps it's something they've carried over from another lifetime together and they need to leave it in that lifetime. And we have techniques that we can do that with. Um, talking earlier about how things are passed down um, and talking about past lives. My granddaughter, Bella, was in my car with my other granddaughter. So I have four granddaughters. We were all in the car together. And we were just out to get milkshakes. And she sat in the back seat and nobody was talking about it. All of a sudden, she said, Grandma, I remember when you were my mom and Taylor, who's her sister now, Taylor, you were my daughter. And I remember when you weren't my cousin, you were my sister And this one. And she named everybody in the car and what they used to be to her. And we all just went, oh, okay. And we didn't tell her she was wrong and we didn't laugh at her. We just said, oh, that's so cool. And the conversation went to something else. Yeah. But if you, if you ask, um, and we weren't asking, but if, children say those kind of things. I truly believe that they're remembering those things. Yes. Um, when my other granddaughter, uh, her sister, her older sister was about four years old. And that seems to be the age, like between four and six, seven years old, maybe even three. Um, I had Taylor at a fair and she went into this bouncy house And adults couldn't go in there. And when she came out, I was holding her hand. And I said, Taylor, that looked like so much fun. I wish I could go in there. And without skipping a beat, she said to me, don't worry, Grandma. When you're little and you come back, you can go in there again, too. (laughs) And I just went, oh, that'll be great. And we kept walking. Yeah, Yeah, good. I'll make a plan for that. Yeah. Exactly. They do know we need to listen to them. And there have been so much evidence lately of children remembering and and the veil being much thinner with children these days. So, and you know, and I had the similar experience with my own daughter. Um, and this was before studying hypnosis. This was, you know, she's 21 now, um, which means I had her when I was five or something like that, but we won't dwell on that, but she's 21 now. And when she was about three soon after, you know, really being able to talk in full sentences, Uh, We're sitting together playing and she says, mommy, I love you. And I said, oh, honey, I love you too. And she says, you're better than my last, my last mommy with the black hair. She was mean and she took me to the bad doctor. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, I'm glad I'm your mother now. That's good. And we did, and I did not, I wanted to ask her questions, but I didn't want her to dwell on something that seemed like something negative. It was just like, just really. I'm glad you're here and I'm your mommy now too. And of course, you know, the whole family talks about it. Yeah. Remember when you had, but Mm -hmm. she was three. And one of the things that, um, 
I don't know where I was sharing this, but I think I wrote on this for people about, but as you well know, and for the audience here, I'm why I'm telling, telling you this is um, our brain waves as a child, you're kind of in Delta, you know, which is this really slow kind of a sleep brain wave. And then for most of childhood up until around six or seven, you are in this theta brainwave state, which is the same brainwave state as when you're under hypnosis or in meditation. So Mm -hmm. that's why that whole conscious mind is out of the way. It's not being filtered by the learning and the culture and all this stuff from the outside. So that's there. The windows open both to subconscious and to the super conscious or the Akashic records or, or past life memories. Exactly. I, I, I remember now when I brought it up, I brought it up in about parenting, about mm-hmm. watch out what you say, you know, yeah. because it's, it's just getting set in the coat subconscious. And that was on a life coaching one about where childhood, you know, things come up later and you get stuck. Absolutely. But, um, but they do, they live in that altered state a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. who are we to say that their quote, imaginary friend is exactly. not really unimaginary to them. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. I know my grandchildren have seen spirits and they'll talk about them. And I, I actually teach children to take their power, you know, that um, bad thing in your room, whatever that might be, or whatever you call it, you have the power, you're incarnate, you're in human form, you have the power to tell it to go away. Yeah. And I literally teach little kids, tell it to go away. If it doesn't feel good, it can't stay in your room. And when children get that power, it's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to sleep by themselves anymore. Yeah. You know, they don't keep coming in mom and dad's room all the time because they can take charge. Of them. It's right. Good. So the parents go in the kids' room and say, go away so I can get some sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you know, my sister, um, one of my older sister used to, I just, just thought about this. I hadn't really thought about it, but she had a friend an imaginary friend that she called friend ghosty. Mm-hmm. And of course, now that makes a whole lot of sense because it, it was friend ghosty and it, she probably really saw friend ghosty right there and nobody else noticed him. So, exactly. exactly. Um, so when you're working in mediumship, uh, mm-hmm. I know I've asked you a little bit about this. What would your process be if somebody came to you to talk to or get a message from somebody who's passed on? Well, I create a bridge with that person. So for me, intuitively, I like to hold their one hand between my two. And I seem to be able to look into their meridians of their body, mind, and spirit and see who's also with them or who they do want to connect to. And sometimes that will be a voice. Sometimes that will be, usually for me, it's um, literally being able to describe that person to them. So you um, see them? whether they're tall, whether they're what their hair is like, um, that kind of thing. Sometimes they'll just give you a characteristic, like I'll give you an example. Um, and it's when I focus on it, I don't, and I guess I am lucky or filtering it somehow, or my guides filter it, but I don't walk around seeing spirits all the time. Like I live a normal life, <laughs> um, but when I focus on you or focus on that person or in that room and really be in the aware moment, yes, then I can see things that we perhaps can't see all the time. Right. right. Um, so I was with another coach and um, she said, so how do you do this? And I said, well, when I focus on you and I started to focus on her and I said, like your mom's here. 
And I said, and she's telling me she needs her glasses. And she started laughing. And I said, why are you laughing? And she said, and this lady was, this lady in spirit was showing me these round glasses. And I said, did your mom wear round glasses? And she goes, oh my God, those were her favorite glasses. And I said, I don't know what this is about, but she's saying you need to glue them on her gravestone because on her tombstone because she needs her glasses. And she just started laughing and she said, those were the glasses that we have had to glue many times because they kept falling apart and those were her favorite glasses. Oh, That's yeah. evidential message. Mm-hmm. It's like things that, you know, the medium, the reader does not know about that person and yet they're telling them, they're showing them this. And all usually if it's something really strange, like um, my very first psychic fair, I sat down with this lady and this man in spirit kept saying to me, tell her it's time to make the sausage dip. And I went, I'm not doing that in my head. I'm going, eh, that's okay. And then he came in again. No, tell her today's the day we have to make the sausage dip. And I'm like telling her other things. And then all of a sudden my whole mouth tasted like sausage. Oh gosh. And, I've, heard, and, I've heard that could be one of the ways. And he, and he said, tell her it's the day to make sausage dip. And I said to the lady, and then I just blurted it out. I said, there's a man in spirit here. And he's just telling me to tell you that you'll know him by it's the day to make the sausage dip. And she starts crying. And I said, don't cry. She goes, no, no, it's a happy tears. That's my dad. Do you know it's Super Bowl Sunday? And I oh. said, I didn't know. I was so wrapped up in this was my surfer psychic year. I didn't know it was Super Bowl Sunday. And she goes, it's time to make the sausage dip. We always made sausage dip. So yeah. they give me evidential messages or, or mediums, evidential messages that you just can't make up. You can't just, you don't put your head into it. You know, if you just let it come through and give what you get is what I teach people. Um, it might not mean something to you as the reader, but your client will know what that means. Right. right? Yeah, and, and like I, you know, I've been, um, since I've been getting stuff, I started studying and, um, one of the, you know, the message from each of the people I've been doing some, you know, uh, studying with they all say don't filter it it's exactly. not it's not for you to decide what it means just give what you're getting and mm-hmm. you know maybe even if the person doesn't understand it right now back in a year and say oh my gosh because also in the spirit world there is no real time necessarily yeah. where what it is but they might say something now that is going to happen in a few months from now. Absolutely. That has happened to me. And then clients will come back to you and go, remember when you said this? And you go, no, because I don't hold on to my readings. I let it come through me. I, you know, I only remember those few that I've told you because those are just stories. Um, and that's true. But um, on a normal day, I can do 17 readings at a psychic fair and I will not remember you. I will not remember what I've said. However, if I, if you come next to me and I'm in your energy again, I'll go, have I ever given you a reading before? And they'll go, of course you have, you know, I'm so-and-so. Okay. Um, But it's when you get back in their energy, it's like, oh, there you are. Um, So I'm fortunate, or I hope everybody does that, that they just let it come through you and let it go. Mm -hmm. And I think the very best advice um, in becoming more, 
intuitive or doing mediumship is you really have to figure out for yourself your own dictionary because not everybody sees, not everybody feels, not everybody tastes, not everybody hears in the same way. So you have to start, like I know my ladies come on, if I'm looking at you like I am now, um, ladies in spirit like your mom would be um, to the left of you when I'm looking at you. And males for me come to the right. That's not always what it might be for somebody else. Um, so you really have to figure out, and I know if it's your mother or if it's your grandmother or somebody else by the closeness that they are to your shoulder or your face. Uh -huh. So for me, your grand, your mother's here, your grandmother might be here, your aunts might be here. It's like they, they yeah. take their places almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you really have to figure that out for yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't believe, I believe that lots of people can teach you intuition and I teach you intuition and mediumship, yeah. but then you're like on your own and you have to make a dictionary for yourself. And I will go as far as to say I do medical intuition, um, and you really have to have your own dictionary for that. And literally write down um, what you might be seeing and what it has meant for different clients. Okay. So then you build like, that I vocabulary. Know, right. I know that I see cancer as red. It's, it's red energy in somebody. But not everybody might see cancer as red. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So you really have to figure it out and really – um, do some investigating work for your own intuition and your abilities and what that means to you. Exactly. And um, that was also repeated by at least one person about you got to kind of, And so I was working on that saying, I don't know, you know, what, what would a symbol mean to me? Um, I have, I did one for a client just the other day and actually I, I did it because I wanted to, I was actually doing a life coaching session with her. And then after we got mm -hmm. off I, knowing her dad passed away, I thought, let me see if I can get anything from her dad for her. And, um, and so I, there's, it's kind of like a puzzle too, you know, between him and me and her. So I said, okay, I'm, I, I'm seeing a swimming pool and, and then I have the name Johnson. Uh, and I didn't know her dad's name. And I said, and then I'm seeing like ping pong, playing ping pong or a ping pong table. And there was some other stuff. And she says, well, no, I don't know anyone named Johnson. And then she says, well, when I was a kid, our dad got us a ping pong table. And we, and I don't think she put this together, but she says, and we put it on top of the pool table in the basement <laughs> to use the same space. And I'm like, oh, swimming pool. And so that was something a little unusual. That was a little evidentiary that, you know, the word pool and then right. the ping pong table was on top of it, which would be unusual. And then, then she says, oh, wait, Johnson. I said, yeah, John or John Stone, John Stone, Johnson. And she says, oh, my dad's name was John. And he always wanted a boy. And he used to introduce me as his son. There you go. John's son. Dad. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute that he would, like, you know, come through with that, right? So, but it is, it's usually things that specifically they will know. And right. maybe nobody else knows that ever. <laughs> and, and then they go, wow, how did you know that? Well, I didn't know that. It just came through. Oh, yeah. Right? Or they're telling you. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're saying, oh, yeah, let me put this together until after the fact. And then you go, oh, isn't that fascinating? Yeah, um, it is. And, um, and of course, uh, as you learn as I learned, but I learned, my mom also told me before the life between lives is that part of us 
our soul energy is here incarnated in this body, but part of it's always in the spirit world. So it's really just kind of like picking up the phone, you know, if people like think that's crazy or weird, if you can pick up the phone and, and through those lines, have a conversation with someone who's not in the room. If you just think of it that way, it's just that for, you know, anybody, if you think about it, you can pick up the phone and, and let that message come in. It might just not be as clear as someone on the telephone line or a TV, but it's very similar. It's a exactly. transference of energy and you're able to interpret it. So, and people will ask, well, how can, I never knew my great grandmother. How could, how could she be coming through? Wouldn't she have been reincarnated by now? But my belief is it's not necessarily her in full body. It is her energy. It is that energy that is in our soul groups mm -hmm. of how she could have maybe been our great-grandmother and then our grandchild. Who knows? Um, but it's that energy that we tap into as a medium. It's not necessarily the um, spirit or that body of that person, right. if that makes sense. It's the I call them... Um, our spiritual body has streams. I envision it as streams way out. Mm -hmm. And so those streams might be connected to your great grandmother somewhere, but it's her energy streams. It's her spiritual soul streams that you're attached to, not necessarily that person in that body. Right. right. And mm -hmm. um, as we're talking, I, I was thinking of like ways that I feel like something's around because my head is going up here and mm -hmm. As we're talking, I'm like, okay, hang on, not right now. We're doing an interview, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel I feel uh, uh, something happening, which is maybe it'll come to me after we're done, and I'll talk to you and say, okay, you know, do you have an Emmy? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so also people tend to think of like in, in such 3D solid format, and and everything is energy and the more that you can understand just like if I pour water into the ocean it spreads out and that water can be all over the place now so that energy of the person is still intrinsically their soul and so they can be a child they can be a grandmother they can be you know, right. in heaven or that spirit world they, they can be everywhere and you can communicate with any part of those and as well as with the base of the soul that always seems to stay you know some portion of there in that spirit world um and for those people that didn't hear my um hear my podcast or see the video on ghosts in the spirit world i talk about there where um, my mom told me as i was you know hey mom while i got you you know i, I had to communicate <laughs> and i said so what's it like there um yeah, et cetera, so forth. And I said, is so-and-so there? Is so-and-so there? And she was saying, yes, this person's here. This person's here. That person's there. And then she said, you're here too. You just don't know it. Mm. And I was I like, wait a minute. And, and then soon after that studying for um, life between lies, that, that also says that part of us is always in the spirit world. So like you said, multi-dimensional self, is it not? Yeah. Um, and we can go down the rabbit hole with parallel lives and yeah. is all of this happening at once or, but it literally is, we're, we're not just one thing. We are multidimensional. We can keep a lot of our energy and our soul, whatever you call it there, wherever there is. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. have a part of us here. 
and have a part of us perhaps in that past life somewhere that, that literally is bringing things forward into this life that we don't even know sometimes. Right. So I, I believe that um, regression is used for two things. Either it is to release a block that you're having in your life. And a lot of times that can be in childhood. I actually do a lot, a lot of um, my specialty is probably childhood regression um, and release some of those things where we took on a belief of yeah. whatever it is about ourselves yeah. and to be able to let go of that and put our energy back together. I believe we actually get shattered in some of those things, our energy, which mm -hmm. is why we feel empty. Um, and then we try to fill it up with all kinds of things, right? Whether right. it be food, whether it be addictions, whatever. Um, and maybe sometimes those things have come over from another life. Maybe right. if we're not good with finances in this life, maybe it's because we brought that over from a past life. Or maybe we were really rich in a past life, but we didn't use our money properly, whatever. And we can go back and examine some of those beliefs and patterns and let them stay there and not bring them forward anymore. And it really does help us in this lifetime. It's really a powerful vehicle. Um, mm -hmm. Hypnosis is in itself. And then mm -hmm. uh, regression hypnosis is really, really powerful. I, I really enjoy using it with people. Besides the fact that it's fascinating to learn things about your soul self, it's really powerful. There, it, it really does help cut those ties sometimes that aren't uh, good for us anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you have a time restraint, so I want to ask you about the things that you teach so, and where you're located and where people can find you. And then I also want to ask you about NAF. So, let's so I am in Charlotte, North Carolina, or Lake Norman, north of Charlotte. I have an office in Lake Norman, and I also have an office in South Charlotte because it's about 45-minute drive and really heavy traffic, and people don't like to do that. Um, and then I still have an office. I used to live in Wilmington, North Carolina. So I travel there once a month by the coast and um, see people there for uh, a week. I also do some things over uh, Zoom and Skype and FaceTime. I don't do regressions. Um, over phone lines or, or FaceTime or anything like that, because I believe that we really need that personal touch with a person, especially when they're going through sometimes some really heavy emotions. So I like to be there in person with them when they do that. Um, other than that, I teach intuition classes. I teach um, all kinds of things about intuition. I teach spiritual classes as far as manifestation and prosperity. I do a create the life that you like and desire um, around the first of the year. I do a lot of, I probably built my practice on group hypnosis and doing lots of classes for group hypnosis, for weight loss, for smoking, for um, connecting with your higher self, for some of the metaphysical things as well. Mm -hmm. I actually do regression work in group sessions as well, but you have to keep them very lighthearted. So we bring back their joy. Um, I do a deja vu if you've known a person that you, you haven't known in this lifetime and then you met them, but you know that you knew them right. or a place. Um, for example, when I was going to England one year, <clears throat> I was looking on my YouTube and had my iPad on my desk and I was looking at Salisbury and they were just walking down the streets of Salisbury and all of a sudden I just started crying. And for no reason, I had never been there, didn't have any emotional connection, but I felt it. Yeah. 
And when I stood in Salisbury, I knew the streets. I knew that I had um, done a pil- pilgrimage to Stonehenge there before. Oh. And so I do a group um, regression to take you back to a happy time of that place that you know that you really shouldn't know or that person that you know that you've never met before. And that's fascinating. Or bring you back to um, bringing back some of the happiness from a past life. It doesn't all have to be traumatic right. or, or blocks. It can just be an experience. Right. Right. That's the second reason why I think people come to you for regression is either to get rid of a block or just to see if they really have had a past life or they want to experience that or a life between lives session to get to know themselves better, to um, take a look at that multidimensional self or just see what experiences they have had with people or their family or whatever. Um, So it can be just a fascinating experience for people as well. It is. Um, Mm -hmm. You mentioned um, Salisbury. I have a friend who uh, years ago was telling me that when she and her husband went to Paris on a trip together where neither of them had been together, they were walking down the street and they came to the corner. And at the same time, the both of them said, oh, let's go down to the little antique shop over here. You know, oh, the antique shop's down here. And they're like, what are we talking about? (laughs) And they went where they knew to go and there was this little antique shop that they both knew about but neither of them had in this lifetime been there together so she knew you know she always felt and knew that they'd had a past life there in uh, Paris together so um, and again that was so many years ago even before I was investigating this for myself and had uh, my daughter say anything or studied it so it's fascinating so with math president um, of math National Association of Transpersonal Hypnotherapists. I'm getting really good at saying that because I've, I've, I've repeated it so many times in different podcasts. Tell me about uh, the org. I, I know about it, but you tell the group about the organization, our, our listeners. Um, Who is it for? What do you do? Uh, where it is? How you can get involved? And um, the background. Well, I took over NATH about two and a half years ago from Dee Chips, who was the co-founder of NATH with her husband, Alan Chips, who was most of our mentors. And he wrote the clinical hypnotherapy book, uh, Transpersonal Approach. And that's what a lot of our um, certified transpersonal hypnotherapist course is based on. Um, so we do, we teach a basic, um, certification for hypnotherapy. So for clinical hypnotherapy, more for your smoking, your habits, anxiety, stress, those kinds of things, weight loss. Um, and then we teach a master's class, which teaches much more about regression in the, in the CHT class, the first class you touch on regression, but you really don't learn how to process it like um, a master's class does. So the master's class literally only works with regression and certain modalities that we can use, tools that we can use to help process those emotions, whether it be grief, whether it be anger, whether it be sadness, um, whatever it might be with that other person or that block to let go of it and guilt Um, And then we help them process that. They do the work. I don't believe that we're the healers. I believe it's all hypnosis is absolutely self-healing. We are guides. We are, um, we're the guides that help them. 
but we're not the ones that do anything for them, especially in regression because they're guiding us. And in transpersonal regression, we're into their story. And, you know, we might keep to their goal, of course, but yet we let them lead us instead of us leading them or being very directive, which would be more like your weight loss and things, pain management, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then we have our Life Between Lives class, which you just took, Mm -hmm. which takes you on basically the full gambit of, you know, this current moment into your childhood into the womb, into your whole life cycle of where did you go when you died and put you in that whole other spiritual realm, which is always fascinating an experience for everyone. So you can get a hold of me through nath.world, N-A-T-H for short, um, dot world, not dot com or anything. It's nath.world. And my email is linda at nath.world. Um, we have a phone number, which is 855-772-4059, and you can get a hold of us there, too. Our website tells you about our certification courses, tells you a little more. We are the oldest um, transpersonal hypnotherapy organization in the country, um, and we're very proud of that. We are probably a smaller organization than like the National Guild, which I am also a member of, but it's because we have a niche of being that transpersonal hypnotherapist. We look at body, mind, and spirit and beyond, not just the um, body or mind of a person. So it's a fascinating journey. Um, lots of people with other modalities come to train. So I have lots of psychologists that come and train to become a hypnotherapist, massage therapist, any kind of Reiki healers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people that are just looking to change a career and getting more into the, um, metaphysical realm in some way or even the helpful realm if they like to help people. I know that that's some of what drew me to hypnotherapy instead of a medium. I was very, remember, I was very mainstream in the stock market and interior design, but I also was very intuitive. And for me, transpersonal hypnotherapy bridges those two worlds because I can see somebody that doesn't have any spiritual beliefs and they want help with addictions or whatever. I can help them do that. If they do have a spiritual belief and want to delve into the multidimensional selves, I can very easily and and with gratitude help them with that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, That's what I like with my practice too. I, I, and trying to write my bio, it's like, well, you know, anything from the practical to the metaphysical, spiritual, you know, because um, certainly I have people that just, you know, want the practical stuff and then have people that uh, I really have a good time with when they want to come work on some metaphysical stuff, whether it's hypnosis or other things. So it is fun. And I should plug my my personal hypnosis practice is called transpersonalpower.com. And that is where people could get a hold of me for either readings or hypnosis or if they want to set up an appointment for hypnosis or readings or life coaching. And then the nath.world is more for our organization and our certifications through that. And I'll put all of those in the details. So oh, perfect. If you go down there, it ought to be there. And I'm looking at the time, and I know you got to get going for a client. I do. I have to go. <laughs> I know. So um, thank you. It's been wonderful talking to you. And oh, it's been a pleasure. And we'll be in touch anyway. So bye, Linda. Oh, and thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.